Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> Tell me about Whitley Bay on a bank holiday Monday. It was a long time ago now, but someone that I went to school with moved up to Newcastle and... I went up on an August Bank Holiday weekend and we ended up on the Monday in Whitley Bay and it was... Sorry, <laughs> uh, it was absolutely mega. There was There's people everywhere. It was carnage. Loved it. And uh, clearly it's still a thing to this day. Is this yeah. one of those weird drinking things like Rugby League has Mad Monday? Like on a day you should not be drinking... You go out drinking. It is a bit like that. I, I saw more women from the northeast than I care to remember uh, urinating just wherever <laughs> they felt like it. I've been to Whitney Bay. I can completely believe that story. Yeah, Whitney Bay is a very good fun night out. Have you been? I've been a couple of times. I went um, on a pre-season rugby tour, That's exactly team, what, team exactly building what I did. tour, um, and did a tough training session, and then beers on the pitch um, at... Percy Park, I think it was. Percy Park is a uh, common a common warm up for everyone's pre season. Pre season pod, Whitley Bay <laughs> and Newcastle twenty twenty two. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Well, hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back on Bank Holiday Monday uh, for another podcast uh, as we build towards uh, a new season. I'm Tim in the Rugby Dungeon with Phil. Hello, Tim. Uh, He's been nursing a uh, child who's following in his father's footsteps by having to have general anaesthetic and an operation. Because because of a traumatic head injury, much much like (laughs) many of my own. Uh, He's absolutely fine. Did he buy him... um, my first surgery book. <laughs> <laughs> well, people were asking me, like a few people have said, so he's, he cut his lip at nursery, um, fell over, hit his head on the table. Um, not a TLC match, as, <laughs> as I've been telling some people. Um, he's absolutely fine, but ended up having to have um, a GA for it, um, which was pretty traumatic for him uh, and my wife, but all okay. Oh, and good. Pe- people have been saying to me, like, um, oh, you're worried he's going to be scarred later. And I'm like... Have you seen my face? I've got loads of scars. No, chicks dig scars. And they're cool. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> I'd pay for a few more scars if anything. <laughs> and I'm here in this rugby dungeon with, with JB as well, covered in paint from the Phyllis Mabel. Uh, incorrect, and covered in, pr- in primer, actually. Primer. 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 Mm. I have got 
five coats of primer to put on this bloody thing. Uh, it's just, it's never ending. It's never ending. I like have the done. fourth bridge. Yeah. It, it is. And this is just like the anti-foul. I have done four days non-stop and I've barely scratched the surface. Non-stop. So, uh, yeah, might have bitten off more than I can chew here. Well, I, I can vouch that uh, my family will be more than happy for you to go away more often because we've had the pleasure of your dog. He is. Oh. He is a pleasure, isn't he's he? He's such a lovely dog. He's by far the favourite member of my household. And, yeah. and the best house-trained member of your household. Yes, well. yes. True. Absolutely. True on all counts. And also, uh, my news from the weekend is there's now two-thirds of the podcast are officially sub-20 5k runners really so you need nice. to game wow that is impressive 19, nice. 1945 on a part run tell you what, awesome that's really good it is it's bloody impressive well i can tell you this for free i will not be getting under i i, I have ran and i've ran and i've ran i'm just not a good runner i'm just not a good runner i, could, I will not be doing a sub 25k you could so with the right training program and dedication to it you definitely could mm. but it's how much compromise would you need to do that because your your weightlifting if you've not got the, the at least a level of natural running ability other aspects will have to be compromised to achieve it yeah i don't want to do that yeah i don't want to do that and also not been to crossfit probably for two weeks now and i can feel i feel flabby <laughs> <laughs> i feel weak i like my my muscle tone has decreased and all sorts of horrible. Uh, you can get in touch with us um and we welcome your emails and any thoughts uh contact chasers at gmail.com got one here from gavin hegarty who um just said, I, I, gents, I thought I'd share with you. I turned 40 recently. Well, happy oh, birthday, Gavin. Happy birthday, yeah. And I had a few people over yesterday to uh, celebrate. Hayden, a friend of his, uh, produced the attached. So many missing memories did not come flooding back. And uh, oh, there's the picture. Oh, oh, dear. Dangerous gear. Strong zero. Jesus. Japanese poison i've still got five of my six strong zeros remaining <laughs> uh, gather suggested someone should buy the distribution rights of it in europe as some nights are best forgotten well you can't <laughs> buy the distribution for rights for it in in europe because there's no trade deal which will facilitate it post brexit yeah. i believe that we do have a trade deal that will indeed facilitate people dying let's of get, strong zero let's get on strong zero yeah so rebrand it Business venture. Yeah, what we actually strong zero is perfect branding. I'm amazed the Leave campaign didn't just have that as their <laughs> single point of principle. Yeah, it's astonishing, really, isn't it? Absolutely astonishing. So, um, yeah, that's we might be getting strong zero on a more regular basis. Wow, wonderful. Uh, and we've um, we've been sent some quizzes and stuff as well, which we'll get into one of those later in the pod. But also from Patrick Tipsword. Love that name. Great. One. He said, Great. hi, lads. Uh, I know you might enjoy this one as you're a big fan of um, this player from the USA Eagles. Was, oh, I've, heard, I've read this. It's brilliant. I was finishing up my financial analyst job on a Wednesday and decided to go to the off-season touch rugby fitness we have in Phoenix, Arizona. That's good to hear. Anyone nearby, go to that. Uh, once I arrived, little did I know I would be playing with none other and pod favourite, Mikey Teo. Mikey. Oh, awesome. I bet he is an absolutely unbelievable amateur player. Incredible. I, I, also, that, that, that's, that's not a dig. But, no, but, no, uh, I, I yeah. do know I, I know what you mean. Also, have you seen, he was mic'd up on uh, a training session uh, in, in season in the MLR oh, was this he? year. There was a little that. video going around. It was, it was good. He seems like a good bloke. Well, yeah, he was. That, um Patrick can vouch for that. What a genuinely good bloke and hot stepper. I'm excited to see him play against Ireland on October the 30th in Vegas. Is that last, this October? 30th? Hmm. Vegas, what state is Nevada? Where are they? 
Are they like Texas? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah, thank you for that, Patrick. Appreciate it. And that's uh, that's good to hear. You can get like American internationals popping down to a touch game on a Wednesday night. You yeah, certainly can. Love it. I did actually look for the local touch centre because I suddenly thought, oh, Wednesday night, actually, I might fancy a game, but... Manchester's woeful. It's, it's like Burnage, and that's it. Is that Burnage. right? Well, so the, there's adverts at um, Sale Sports Club for um, Spartan Village F- Spartans Rugby who do um, oh, okay. training sessions. Which I'm tr- we're trying to convince actually because there is a women's one. I was trying to convince my wife to go down to it because she'd actually quite enjoy it, but she's not taking it up yet. No, no. Okay. Now, I'll look into that. Disbury Talk H used to have a tournament go all the way through the summer. And it was always a toss-up for me whether I go and play touch or netball. And uh, netball went out because it's a far superior game to touch <laughs> rugby. Uh, but I think post-pandemic, all of these touch tournaments and all these get-togethers have still not quite recovered yet, is my feeling. Yeah. I mean, we, we did get shared some uh, action, some pictures from Bournemouth 7s Bournemouth Seven, that this like weekend, which looked Awesome. Friend of the pod, Jamal Ford Robinson, loving it as well, doesn't he? We, yeah. We've clearly got him on the seventh circuit now. And Bit, Dave Mack as well, friend of the pod, um, reporting on the ground. So yeah, I, I wouldn't like to read Dave Mack's reports. <laughs> I wouldn't like to try and make sense of them. But uh, I'm sure they had a grand time. I'd like, to, I'd like to see the photo, all of the photos on their WhatsApp group, though, yeah. <laughs> based on the ones that we were sent. Exactly. So, yeah, um, nature is healing. Uh, rugby is returning. We're, we're going to be looking at a, a, a few more premiership clubs on this podcast as well as we look ahead to the season, which in the case of the, what's the top 14 competition called now? Uh, top 14 is still top 14, but the Pro, uh, sorry, 14, Pro 14 is yeah. the United Rugby Championship. That's right. Of the course. U- the United Rugby Championship, is it? Yeah, because there's the rugby, the Green King Rugby Championship and, of course, the Rugby Championship. Can we not think of something better <laughs> than Championship? If there's like three, uh, Because there's the Nations Championship or whatever it is as well, which is the second tier. Yeah, the European Nations Championship, Rugby Europe Nations. What, it, what was your affectionate name for the Pro 14? The, uh, the, uh, the Hobby League. The Hobby League, yeah. <laughs> Just let's formalise that. Yeah, the Hobby League, where international players have a hobby. Call it the United Hobby, hobby League. league, if you yeah. want. <laughs> There's something more to it, isn't there? It's like a league. It's like a babysitting league, isn't it? It's a get-you-ready league, a permanent pre-season league. <laughs> well, not now your beloved Benetton are champions of the Rainbow Cup, the uh, existing tournament... It's more than a hobby league. Do, this is a serious point now. Do you know what uh, the hobby league really reminds me of? It reminds me of the worst excesses of Super League. Because Super League, in my opinion, should be the biggest league on the planet. Right? <laughs> the, 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 the Rugby league itself should be the biggest sport in the world. It's amazing to watch. The athletes look great. They wear tight shorts. If there was shorts. a sport with that shaped ball besides American football that could translate in the States, it would be rugby league. How, have, a, they, how have they not I, got on that? How they fail at this is beyond <laughs> me. But they fail constantly. Now, one of the reasons Super League failed, and I think the same for Pro 14, is the constant changing of the format. So if you're a fan of it or a casual observer, you have... And, and same with Super Rugby as well. All three of these tournaments have the same thing going for them, which is every time that you switch on, it's like, what is it now? It's conferences, uh, it's a playoff, it's a wildcard playoff. It's, it's a top six playoff, it's a top four, it's a top yeah. eight. Yeah. Like, I, you can't... It just can't settle. Whereas if you watch the Premiership, you can literally sit down, it flashes up a table, you know who's good, you know who's bad. Right, let, let's play a game. Mm. Simple. Fair point. 
I'll tell you why uh, rugby league is still struggling to uh, market itself internationally. That's why. <laughs> Phil is well, holding up that photograph of Tony Adams. I mean, it's like a Renaissance picture, isn't it? Isn't it's it? just it's perfect. The vending machine in the background. Do you think they asked for the two tables? All the mobile phones, the school. <laughs> the the quote in the background is the best. You put all of that, the vending machine, the tables, the tin pot chairs, the doors open the with the fire extinguishers. <laughs> the quote in the background I failed time and time again. That is why I succeed. <laughs> My- Michael Jordan. <laughs> what is the Jesus joke about when, when he goes for dinner? It's like, I need a table of, like, like there, there's a, yeah. a table for eight. Why? But there's only four of us. We want to sit next to each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, uh, Tony Adams is no longer the president of the Rugby Football League. It Claire is. Balding. Claire Balding. Succeeding so. Tony Adams and before that. I know this. I know this. I know this. Uh, Andy Burnham. Andy Burnham, yeah. Mayor of Manchester. Was it Andy Burnham? And, and Andy Burnham, yeah. Oh, yeah. did you see Andy Burnham singging Wonderwall? No, I did no. not. Oh, he was, was launching a music initiative on stage and it was something straight out of the thick of it. And uh, the Mayor of Greater <laughs> Manchester, Andy Burnham, picked up a guitar, David Brent style, and started playing it. Then gave the guitar to an actual musician next to him and, and the musician suggested Wonderwall and... Um, uh, it was. I mean, basically, it's a little game. If you can get through thirty seconds of that, you're. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like you're, you're a better man than I am. <sighs> no, no I, I, I won't be doing that. I, I, I even modestly like Andy Burnham. Yeah, I, I won't be doing that. Um, um, so. That, that is one thing rugby league has uh, has right. Sorry, I'm going all over the no, place. No, that's here. right. Yeah. Is celebrity uh, like chair people on on. Uh, Honorable. Not Chancellor. What are they called? What are they called? Chair, president. Chair, the president. Pre- he might be President. Yeah. Yeah, yeah President. Like, like Lord Mayor. Football League. Yeah. So we should have one for rugby, but God knows who they come up with because they're so worthy over it. Over the rugby. Commissioner. The League Commissioner. Well, the League Commissioner yeah. would be a different role. The League okay. Commissioner would be, I don't know, someone like Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> See, no, I would, I would genuinely, I would elevate Austin Healy to that role. He would be awesome at League Commissioner. He'd be brilliant at League Commissioner. Because what I love most about that man is, well, he's incredibly insightful, analytical, really understands the game. He doesn't care what anyone thinks of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I can see that being a future role for Courtney Laws. I I can can definitely see And he looks like a commissioner too. Mm. He does. But the actual president has to be someone... Of standing outside of the game, I think. Yeah. Well, Phil's I already. Mean, I think you've suggested in the past, like a Lord Miners or someone like that. One of the guys that did that. Oh, Saracen yeah, yeah. Lord Miners would be good. The, the Dyson. Yeah. Dyson report. Yeah. There yeah, you go. go for that. We have got a bit of news uh, knocking around. Probably the most no- notable is the world's most expensive rugby player. Yeah. Cheslin Colby. Oh, is he the most expensive rugby player in the world now? Uh, probably when you wrap in the fee that. Toulon had to pay to release him from the t- last two years of his Toulouse contract. Correct. Wow. Is this what happened? So this is all new to me. I've not really kept pace with this story. So he had two years remaining, I think two years, on his Toulouse deal. He has gone to Toulon for a reported million pounds a season plus um, 1.5 million, or it might be a million euros, but 
not too much difference at, at the moment. Mm. A million and a million and a half to buy him out of the, the two years of his contract, which when you consider he will be unavailable to Toulon until Christmas because of his commitments with the Springboks, that is a very expensive contract right. for we, six months of... I think we need to somewhat unpack this a little bit more because this is a far bigger story than simply a player moving from club to club. How's who can you think of in the Premiership who has been bought out of their contract? I can think of one player. So there was the, the time is, that Johnny May and Ed Slater did a switch. Yep. Yeah, with but, a little bit of money as a make weight. But that was that kind of booked the rule, wasn't it? Because there was a some loophole or some clause that allowed you to buy out a contract for the exclusively for the remaining value of the contract. Correct. Some, or something very similar to that that has subsequently been. Closed or changed? I'm sure if anyone's done it, Bath, Bath were the club that did it. Cam Redpath. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they gave Sale six figures for a kid, and uh, probably is worth every penny uh, from from what I can tell. Yeah, provided he um, can get his knees right, 100. percent Yeah, he, he's a very talented kid. So the, the other one was didn't? So I saw this very recently. Didn't Newcastle buy? Twigamala. This is. I was just about 90s. to say Inga Twigamala. I'm, sure, I'm wow. sure I read that that he bought he was bought new bought out of his uh, Wigan deal by Newcastle Falcons oh, well in then, the late nineties. Well, then so did so- Solomona. Then technically, well, no, because he retired. He officially retired from Cass, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and then, then came out of retirement yeah. into a new. Sport. So he did a Johan, nothing shady about that. At he all. did a Johan Usen. No, no. So yeah. he retired, but then Sale offered to buy him out of his contract in line with previous examples of this. And the two were not related at all. He retired age twenty-four, and then just happened to fall into a rugby contract so, with Sale. So this is the last thing I'll talk about rugby league. I don't even like it that that much. I do like it, but not that much. I turned on Sky the other day, and who would be playing? But it was St. Helens. St. versus Warrington. No, versus Cass. Okay. And it was a game from God knows how long ago because it was oh, John okay. Wilkin up against Denny. Ah, okay. And it was ace. And I was like... Awesome. So it took me a little while to look through. It's like, has John Wilkin been resigned? Because obviously he's not playing at Toronto anymore. And has Denny left sale? Because I've not heard of him any- anymore. And it, it took me about a minute to realise, ah, this is from... 2000 and whatever it was. But yeah, cracking game. Right. Mm. Uh, so, I wonder if this Ches and Colby deal is going to start a trend of buying players out. And even if it does start a trend of buying players out, is this the right player to buy out? And well, why? It's a hell of a lot of so money. If, if this was in the Premiership, the buyout would count towards the salary cap. Yes. Yes. I, I, I don't know. I'm good. assuming it doesn't work like that with France. Or else they have... In France, they have a club salary cap, so total wage costs, which include cleaners and coaches, whatnot. cleaners, chefs, yeah. and stuff. So they might be able to balance stuff up. I think they have a, a total spend as well as a squad salary spend, don't they? I don't know. I might I have, be talking I have, about yeah, my Yeah, I have there. read about it in France in the past. Um, I do know it's it's different, but the, and they do have an effect. Well, they have a salary cap, but it is higher. Right. So let's take Chelsea Ch- and Colby. Right. Let's take yep. them out, out, out of Toulon. Now, we all agree he's a very good player. To say the least. Yeah, Yeah, he's top five wings in the world. Okay. Who does he play for in the Premiership, which makes him a a title contender? That weren't already a title contender. Is Toulon a title contender? I don't think they are. 
Um, uh, well, yeah, but, but, but that's, building there. But so, if he goes to Exeter, Exeter remain a title contender. Yeah. If he goes to Bristol, Bristol remain, remain a title. Yep. Um, Sale remain a title contender. Saracens remain a title contender. Harlequins. But, he could probably, probably turn, remain a high. He's that good. He could turn three or four tight defeats into victories for teams over a season, which has a significant effect. And yeah, maybe. I mean, on the basis of that, like take take Bath for example, who finished what, seventh or eighth last season. Mm. They've got Anthony Watson, who is one of the, another one in my in my opinion, one of the um, top five outside backs in the world. He maybe not quite. He's maybe ninety eight percent of as good as Cheslin Colby. He he's and he knows that Bath team. He's never made as big a difference of that. No, he hasn't. Um, it's hard. It's hard to say. I don't think Anthony Watson is ninety eight percent of Cheslin Colby. Oh, I think he, he is in lots I of think... respects, but Cheslin Colby has done it time and again, and he did it in the in the Lions series, where he just does. He he is capable of things which nobody else on yeah. the planet can do. He's a modern day Shane Williams, isn't he? Because of the way he can defeat defenders, basically from a, a pick and go, literally from a pick and go. So he is an unusual talent. I've said this before as an out and out winger. I think Mpimpi is probably as good and. You know, Anthony Watson is as good, but they are as good differently. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not directly comparable, but I think Anthony Watson is. I would put them both in the top five wingers in the world. So, so mm-hmm. you're you're arguing over at that level. It's it is fine margins. So would you pay that amount of money for Anthony Watson? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I, wouldn't I wouldn't pay that amount of money. I wouldn't pay the million pounds a year for Tristan Colby. I certainly wouldn't pay it if I had to spend. 1.5 million to buy him out of his existing contract. Exactly. I can't see any logic to this whatsoever. No. I might pay that money for. I'll tell you who. For Owen Farrell? Yeah. Maybe for Dan Bigger? Yeah. Uh, I, I, Owen I, Farrell more so because I think it, so that's what it'd take to Rich, move him. Richie Munger or Bowden Barrett? Richie Munger, yeah. Richie Rich, Rich Munger probably more than Bowden Barrett because he's kicking so good. Yeah. The salary, the salary cap is where. This is most important because looking at, say, Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United, the projections are something like he might have cost them £25 million in transfer fee, but they would anticipate £60 million worth of shirt sales off the back of his signing alone. Yeah. Now, I would have read a bit about the shirt sales in the past. I would always take that with a pinch of salt because a lot of the, the shirt deals are structured in a way that the club will get a massive upfront payment for... Adidas to make their shirts, for example, like the lovely one that I was wearing last week. Mm. Um, and there are these huge targets for shirts that would have to be breached before the club see any additional revenue over and above that. Interesting. So people people use a blunt tool of, oh, so a shirt is £100 or 50 to £100, depending on the shirt. Um, 5% of that goes to the club, therefore you would need to sell X number of shirts. 0.1% of it goes to the child who made it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but it's not It's not always yeah. the case okay. with shirts. But, well, but Ronaldo and Messi, for example, the commercial impact will be astronomical for, yeah. for those clubs. Yes. Agreed, agreed. But the salary cap constrains you, and certainly if you were in the Premiership, there's no way you'd spend that amount of money on, frankly, any player. No. You could have one if your owners have got deeper. One or two oh, with the because marquee. of the marquee. For example, Semi, Semi and Sir Charles yep. for, for Bristol. 
and th- those are players who are worth close to that amount of money. But, and there's, yeah, a hand, there's a handful of them in the world who are worth that I would spend that all that money on fly halves, locks and props. That's basically mm. what I'd spend all of my money on. Mm. And there's, not, there's a lot of there's a lot not of just logic. A Colby. There's, a, well, there's a lot of good, like you say. You, you said Anthony Watson is ninety eight percent of Cheslin Colby. There's a lot of players for a lot less money that are eighty five percent of Cheslin Colby. Well, I was going to make that exact <laughs> point. Look at yeah. look at Will Muir and yes. Rory McConaughey who were picked up from England. No, no, sevens. no. The most egregious of of, of the lots, Joe Cock and a singer. <laughs> I mean, that is an egregious con- contract for a player who is reasonable, serviceable. And the other two are absolute dynamite. And well, who's on more money? Well, combined, because <laughs> I honestly think combined they will not be on as much as Joe Cocknessinger. Pro- probably, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe McConaughey now because of his England, he's really good. But certainly, his, his first deal and Will Muir's first deal will be, uh, yeah, minuscule peanuts. for someone for players who are yeah eighty five percent as good. So yeah, how how do you structure your team is a key question. Toulon, wow, Toulon do mm. some crackers things. Uh, I, I, it's one of the reasons why I quite I've always got a soft spot for Toulon just because beyond the team that won three back to back to back Heineken Cup trophies in about was it thirteen to fifteen yeah. like thirteen fourteen fifteen around then um, that team was built in the right way because it was you had. Key players in key positions. You had an amazing pack oh, Bucky's, from all. Bucky's Boater and Bucky's Carl Heyman. Carl Heyman. The, the best. Chris Masoi, I bet you don't uh, name the Fernandez Lobby. Yeah. Well, he was actually one of the best. He was He's so good. So good. Um, Danny Smith. Danny was a beast. Danny Rousseau. Juan, Juan Smith. So uh, this is how you do it, in my humble opinion. If you want to win back-to-back European titles, and there's some evidence, of course, that to lose did something similar is you effectively assemble an AC Milan-style team where you're just dishing out not huge money, but big money to old-timers, people who are about to retire, in the same way that Toulouse gave Trevor Brennan a contract for the last few, last few years, or indeed more recently, um, hell's his name? Massive flanker. Absolute where, warrior. Where? What club? Uh, Chesney. Toulouse. Oh, oh Toulouse. Uh, Jerome Kano. Oh, Jerome Kano. Kano. Jerome Kenny was a great example. Yes, yeah, yeah. so players between say thirty-four and thirty-seven who are there. I mean, if you, uh, who's the guy for Racing? Dom, uh, Dominic. Yeah. Uh, Don, Don, oh no, no, no. Don, Donica Ryan. Donica Ryan. Donica yes. Ryan beats great. people up for fun, and he's about thirty-eight. Yeah, great example. Donica Ryan, and the last one I'll give you, also from Racing. Uh, my, um, not Michael Classens, but Classens number eight. He was about thirty-eight too. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's how you do it. Yeah, and I've I've got a soft spot for Toulon because of the way they built that team, and obviously winning back to back to back is incredible. And having because they had the they had the pack, and then they had like all some all time backs as well. So Wilkinson, Gitto, Habana, Drew Mitchell are some of the best backs to play the game in the last twenty years. And best the best backs to play the game of all time. I'm just looking at the, the f- they had Simon Shaw as well didn't they in the second row with uh, yes they did they, they did, did for a Simon. period of time uh, who partnered Nick Kennedy Nick, oh yeah Nick Kennedy they had um, obviously Sheridan was yep. there for a period was Lee Halfpenny and Brian Habana there for their 
trophy wins. N- no, but I Sher- think Halfpenny was after Habano was definitely there but, for at least one. But of them. interestingly, Sheridan backed down with Avion Lewis Roberts uh, and uh, Gethin Jenkins. Gethin Jenkins. His only stint, stint out, outside of Wales. Wow. Yeah. But some of the, the decisions more recently for Toulon, like buying Julian Surveyor, uh, basically releasing him from his contract after playing him a stint at twelve. It seems like one of the one of the examples of the squad now is good though, isn't it? My word, Etzebeth, Gross, Olivon, Parise, Saran, Issa, Saran, yeah, Carbonell, Carbonell's quality. He's a cheeky little chappy. Him Cor- and uh, Baptiste Saran, Cordan, Bellio, Villiers as well. Yeah, yeah, he's his good. quality. And now Colby. Charles Olivon, yeah, what well, he's a French captain. He's awesome. Parise's still got a few more years. Facundo Issa, handy player. Kieran so, Brooks, who's obviously gone. Is Kieran Brooks there. Kieran Brooks. Yeah. Uh, Love it. Right. Okay. So they are they are past European champions. You realise all three teams you're talking about today are also European champions. In our Premiership review, so we've yeah. got Wasps, Bath, and Leicester. And before we get to those, any more any more news? Let's let's continue not to reference the story that we didn't reference no, last week. No, because it seems yeah. to come to nothing. Good. Well, the, the rugby paper were trying to make it something in uh. their in their in their um, in one of their columns this week. But I'm glad I'm glad it's not getting any traction, and let's let's hope it stays that way. So there is something to mention. Uh, just a question on Twitter from Rory O'Keefe, who said, um, "Just wondering if JB will ever play the intro to the pod on his trumpet." Well, since I've got the Phyllis Mabel, I have packed in trumpet lessons for the time being until it gets dark again, because I just do not have the... I, I'm even... I nearly dialed in today, boys. Now, you know that is fairly rare for me in my mm-hmm. eight, in our nine-year hi, uh, history. I nearly suggested dialing in so I could put on a coat of varnish. So, the, an- <laughs> the answer is, um, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But not a no. Oh, I, I will do it, but just okay. not yet. I, I appreciate that question, I do. Mm. Um, I've also got a, a little quiz that I prepared earlier today. It's not, not a big one, six questions. Oh, excellent. If you'd fancy. Yeah. What, what, can we do a team, then a quiz? All right. Yeah. Then Let's do that. Shall we do that? Then, then we can tee it up. Perfect. <clears throat> Very good. So as we continue our build-up to the new Premiership season, which is uh, the weekend of the 17th September, middle of September, the... Uh, Hobby League begins at the end of September. Oh, nice. And the top 14 begins next weekend. Of course. Of course. And, and when's the... Uh, do we know what's happening with Rugby Championship yet? Yeah, it starts again... Uh, so, it's going to be all the games in Queensland, because there are low case rates. Um, it's been permitted. I think New Zealand and Australia are already there. They play their next game any, next weekend. No, any crowds? Uh, don't know because they're like that. they're sort of macing twelve-year-old girls and stuff <laughs> in Australia. So I don't know if they're going to have. I <laughs> don't know. Um, do you about the dogs that they shot? Oh, I know. God, humans are strange things. Like you know, they're locking people up for no good reason. They are depriving people of liberty, and no one really cares. You shoot some dogs, and everything goes wild. Yeah. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Please continue. Um, so. New Zealand and Australia, who have played one game fewer, even though they had the two Bledisloe Cup games earlier, they are due to play next weekend. And then Argentina and South Africa arrived in Queensland, I think, middle of last week. So they've got their quarantine, and then the following weekend they start playing okay. again. So 
one game this weekend and the following game it's kind of back to normal ish games yeah now we were scathing about uh new zealand last week there's a few more bits and pieces about that as to why they decided to do what they did and someone mentioned uh in reporting it kind of went like this which was they were trying to leverage they were trying to leverage their situation to play the game elsewhere for for more money but reading that particular article i can't remember where where, where i saw it now it was very, very loosely linked to the fact that they were going with Silver Lake and you know, it, it didn't make any sense whatsoever. Here's what did make sense, so this is why I wanted, wanted to bring it up, uh, was the reason they didn't want to leave is because once they did leave, they can't go back to the country until November. Yeah, well, or they've got to have the two-week quarantine and then two-week quarantine and then go back out. That's astonishing. Yeah. Like, so they actually, in my mind, had a little bit more of a point than we gave them credit for because... Imagine leaving home now and not coming back until November. I mean, they've got two months away. Uh, and I think one of the big problems with professional sport, I see it a lot in cricket, uh, player bur- burnout, just been away from home for too, for too mm-hmm. long. Cricketers are renowned for this. It's really difficult. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they were right to abandon the game. And Certainly not to do it in the way they did it, where the Australian yeah. players found out um, they didn't actually let Rugby Australia know or they were no part well, of the conversation. Even, it's not even that. I mean, surely there's some adults in the room somewhere in New yeah. Zealand that say, yeah, well, of course we'll let the rugby team back. Well, I, I was going to say, you can just blanket this with, in Australia and New Zealand, just as, you know, t- t- it's happening in other parts of the world as well. Some in parts of the world more so than others, but everywhere to some degree has gone insane. Insane. Yeah, so anyway, that, that I thought was an important clarification. Yeah. They weren't allowed back yeah, into right. the country. Yeah, that's fair. Um, you mentioned the Silver Lake deal. So that's I don't I think it's waiting on the players' union at the moment. Yeah, but that the figures being talked about for that are incredible. Well, they've just signed a big kit deal, haven't they? With Altrad. Altrad, yeah. Altrad. Altrad. Yeah. How on the engineering company? Yes. Yes. Oh, to put Altrad across the shirt. Yes. Oh, right. Not yeah, to, so not no, to engineer not the, the shirt. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> In the same way that Montpellier and uh, France. France. Yeah, they're the primary sponsor for France. Bloody hell. Um, but the, the figures being talked about are 270-ish US dollars for a 12.5%. Percent, sorry, yeah, million mm. US dollars, not 270-ish. 270 million US dollars for a 12.5% stake in the commercial rights of the All Blacks, which values it at over 2 billion. In perpetuity, yeah, forever. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I'd need to look at it. I mean, that sounds phenomenal, but I'd need to look at it a little bit in a little bit more detail. Yeah, those are the figures that are being pretty widely reported. Yeah. Yeah, it's always the unintended consequences, like you say. The money, the money now versus what you'll be saying 20 years from now. As we talked about with the, yeah. with the Premiership, and um, I've forgotten who it was. Well, on. imagine if you earned twelve percent of the Premier League from twenty years ago. Yeah, you don't have to put any money into it. You, you've got no overheads. You just own twelve percent of the commercial yeah, revenue. We, just just the upfront cost. That's incre- uh, <laughs> so it's, it sounds like a lot of money, but there's that, and then the players, as you said, and this is why they need to get the players to agree to it because they didn't initially because they said there's there's more than money at stake here. There's the there's the identity. Mm. the tradition and some things which actually make it such a valuable proposition that, I, that could yeah. be eroded with course, a deal like this. Of course, the irony of the whole situation is it's the players' union who want more money which are forcing the 
uh, New Zealand Union to make such a deal. So it's kind of like a circular firing squad. Mm-hmm. Um, where were we? Clubs. Clubs. So we did uh, up to London Irish, who finished ninth last year, and in eighth place it was Wasps. So they, so they won nine out of twenty-two games last year, minus eighty-five points difference. The Martin Gleeson's going to England, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, and Ian Costello's going to Munster. That's right. So they've lost two of their coaches. Lee Blackett um, remains, and I'm sure they'll supplement with some good quality coaches around. As for players coming and going, what's the what's the big story there, Phil? You usually have the information to hand. Of course, um, loads of players have gone. D- yeah, but it's it's a bit of offloading some um, high salaries, relatively low contributions. Lima Sopawanga. Sopawanga being one, Joanne de Jong being another. Um, Kieran Brooks going to Toulon. There is a loss there because he is an excellent tight end, mm. but he'd be on decent money. Um, Tommy Taylor going to Sale is yep. a loss. Uh, Sai McIntyre going to Sale is a loss. Will Rowlands went uh, it's Dragons. to Dragons is another loss. Um, so they've lost a few players. They've not brought in an enormous amount. A couple of interesting ones. So Nizam Kar is coming back from South Africa. Oh, I did not. I did not. Know. Um, Francois Huha has come in mm. from Worcester. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see if he's on Lamborghini money still. He's not. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought there'd be many people paying him what he was getting paid at Worcester. Um, Ali Crossdale from Saracen. Yes, good Highly rated, yes. incredibly highly rated. Uh, outside back slash fly half, yeah, that's as exactly I understand it. Uh, went to Sedba, didn't he? Yes, I think he started off in St Ambrose for some reason. I think I think he's a local... Mm, yes, I do you know I think what? he's wing primarily, isn't he? He is now. Do you know where I think he played? Bowdoin. Mm. Bowdoin River Club. So, I, so according to his Wikipedia page, which may well be wrong, uh, so he did go to Sedba School, but he was born in Halifax. Uh-huh. That doesn't mean anything. He could have just been born there and can you name, got, got the hell out. Can you name another great fly half to be born in Halifax? George Ford? Nope. Mm. Might be here some some time. Um, European Cup. Charlie. Go it? on. Uh, Go on. Play for Saracens and Sale. Uh, Charlie Hodgson. Charlie Hodgson. Charlie Hodgson. Uh, ma- ma- uh, man of Halifax too. Mm. Um so here's my th- view, views on wasps. I think they are phenomenally good at keeping core talent, and even when they are losing people, who I mean, you look at that list of names, you think bloody hell. Yeah, Will Rowland's big, uh, big name, uh, Karen Brooks' big name. They've lost big names, but they've done done this before, and I think they're very good at identifying the th- the qualities and players which they require. Whether this be the way they identified uh, Jacob. Uh, Umanga to take over from Sapuanga or in their signings uh, Kipperugi would be a great one uh, Watson Jr or Senior I think he is I'm not, not yeah he's the older is, is he the older Marcus, one Marcus I think is the older but it's like they almost prioritise pace, o- pace o- over everything else Josh, they, Josh Bassett from Bedford yeah great pick up yeah. uh, they've also kept lads that they need to keep um, like Willis the two Willises can uh, they get Christian Wade back Oh, he's, it looks like he's doing all right at the moment. At Buffalo Bills, really? Yeah, he looks like he's going to... Well... No, because they're well, good. Buffalo Bills are legit good now. I'm sure I saw him score. Don't I know it because the Jets did are in their conference. Did they, did they dream that, he's, that he scored the conference. other day? I'm sure he scored at... Another one? I'm pretty sure he did. What? He played an actual down in a 
in an action no we would have no, heard no, no, about no, that because it's pre-season it's still pre-season oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah of course it is sorry so I'm sure I'm sure he's doing alright anyway maybe I mean, punt, maybe punt return was it or no running back still r- running back yeah. I, I'm, I might have dreamt this I, I don't know what's going on anyway uh, yeah, so I think that they're very, very good. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's the same deal with the coaches. They did really well to pick up Morton Gleeson. Remember, Morton Gleeson was playing was playing literally first team rugby at Oral like four years ago, and they picked him up and he did great. And Lee Blackett they picked up from Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. So they know they know what they're doing. Um, they operate on a fair, still quite a tight budget, comp- but but budget compared to the others. I don't think they will be top six, but I think they will do very, very well with the cards which they which they are dealt. That that that's my opinion. I think they could make a run for the top six or even the top four if they get their injuries right. Yeah, everyone has yeah. to be fit the whole yeah. season. And guys like Jack Willis, who obviously had the horrendous uh, knee injury for England last year, and. Alfie Barbary, who's such an important player. At 20, he was such an important player, but he hardly played last year because of injuries, mm. um, which is not injuries, surprising. Though. I think he had a couple, not surprising given just how physical he is and just how young he is. Yeah. Um, there, another couple that they kept, they're two young fly halves. Atkinson and Umanga, yeah. And Umanga, yeah, which I think, I think it's safe to say that Jimmy Gopeth at, 55 years old or whatever he is now is probably finally last season was finally the year that he or he goes to Toulon or maybe he goes to Toulon (laughs) but yeah it'll be very interesting because I I actually think that Charlie Atkinson might end up being the number one fly half I agree I I really like the Mm. way he plays although that said if I'm building a team I think Charlie Atkinson gives me a little bit more flexibility so he'd be the one to move because I don't think Umonga is a 12, I don't think he's a 30. He's nothing but a 10. Is he a 10? Is Monotzi still there? Monotzi's still there. Because I don't yeah. think they've quite... Uh, uh, he hasn't played, he was injured quite a lot. But also, they just haven't replaced Vili LaRue and then previously before that, Sir Charles. They haven't... And Curtly Beale before and that. Curtly Beale before that. <laughs> it's, it's big shoes to fill. And Monotzi yeah. is not the same player as those three. No. Well, the other thing I'd point out about Wasps is not so much the injuries because they actually rotated quite a lot. They, they did use... a a vast array of their players, particularly when they got to the final. Now, let's just preface that with um, the fact that when they did rotate, they seemed to go against other teams that also ro- rotated. And it was a strange premiership season because they were trying to do... They were just when they clo- made the final. Yeah, they were just trying to clo- close off the year. I think last year is probably a far better example of what Wasps are than the year before. That said, Wasps can still put up points and they seem to be a team that can run hot or cold. And when they're hot, they're really hot. But like we were talking last last week, they're also a team that can be figured out. So if you know how to beat Wasps, you can give them one hell of a beating. And just look at what Sale Sharks did uh, uh, did to them uh, the season before last. If you can figure them out, they're quite easy to beat. If you let them run riot and do Waspy type things, well, then you're in for a long, old day. I I think some of that is getting the players on the pitch for Wasps who can... Um, who can uh, turn over the ball because a lot of what they did the season when they were ultra successful was they had a really really tough defence they forced um, turnovers and when they had, when they got turnovers they had the outside backs to exploit it and Bassett and Kibberigi had a field day on on a number of games yeah Tom, uh, Thomas Young and yeah. Willis and and that breeds excitement in 
in the D, and all of a sudden they're defending five, you know, five percent harder, and then you know, it, it just makes everything easier. They're, they're pack of no mugs, like you say. When mm. they're when they're on the park, they're driving malls really good. They got like Ben Harris is, I, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. In, in the front row as well, and, and Tom, Tom Cruise was awesome. Tom Cruise was awesome. Gabriel Ogre, yeah, was another young we not mentioned, but he's another young one that they've kept hold of. But like you say, they do not because of exactly as you pointed out, JB. They spend. They're probably in the bottom three spending I'd say so. in the Premiership, and I think they do really well with that as the backdrop. And uh, yeah, they they don't have the depth that, that other squads do. Just one other player that I'll mention before we finish. So they brought in Vefafita, who's an All Black, mm. who's a Hurricane, um, who's a very talented player. Can play. He's a big, strong boy. Can play lock or back row. Ah, he's yes. M- most notable for. Uh, he scored a try in 2017, I think it was, against I remember this Argentina. Gassed it from about 40 metres. So I watched that try back, yeah, just just inside Argentina's half, gets the ball, he's against a winger, um, kind of half handoff and then gasses round the outside of this winger. I look back and I was like, I'm sure that's um, Cordero, Santiago Cordero. Was it? Check the team sheet. Santiago Cordero. He gassed Santiago Cordero to score in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a waspy type of lot. Isn't yeah, it, it is. Uh, <laughs> just, oh, yeah, yeah, because, of course, um, I really like Tim Tim Cordell from last year. I thought he's he's really good. Did they not sign Elliot Stook as well? Elliot Stook does come in as well. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. So he's, like the, he's like the launch brie backup. Oh, of course, they're still a launch brie. Launch brie, yeah. Get, yeah him, so- get him and keep him fit. I mean, he's unlikely to be scoring 50-yard yeah. tries. And the other guy that they've still got, um, who I'm not a massive fan of, but you know, I can see <laughs> he could be useful on occasions, Brad Shields. Brad Shields, another hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, like like I say, I don't think they'll be top six, but I think they'll I think they'll do all right, and I think they'll have some a couple of tremendous games. I, I, if they get on that run, like you said, they, the previous season they got on good winning run, Last season, they got on a, a bad losing run. If they start well, like someone like Fekatoa, who was injured for a lot of the last couple of seasons, but when he plays, he's just so good. It's like a sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah, the hitman. He's awesome. Yeah, he is, he is excellent. So, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic with Wasp. I think they'll, they'll be pushing for that top six, and yeah. could even with the right combination, push for the top four. I'd, I'd sort of, I'd, if I had to put one number on it, I'd go seventh. Hmm. hmm. Yes. Mm. Right. Should we do a little quiz? No, yeah, go on, Phil. Quiz. Yeah, it's six six questions. Um, have you got pen and paper? Have we got any? There's loads of paper I, I can see there. No, they're write. technical drawings of boats. I can write it on you my can, phone. You can write. I've got eleven okay. percent left, but that should be enough <laughs> to beat Tim. And six six questions. I've got ten percent left. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Whose phone dies first? Okay. Question number one. Yeah. Which World Cup winning second row captained Ulster? Between 2010 and 2014. Easy. Say again. Next. Which which World Cup winning second row? Captain, you know him. Captain second row. Ulster between 2010 Argentine and 2014. Question number two. Okay. Three points available. Which teams did New Zealand beat in the knockout stages of the 2015 Rugby World Cup? So three points. They beat three teams after the group stage. Oh, you want them all? So one point for each. So three points available, including mm. the final. Yeah, including the final. I can't remember. 
Mm. <laughs> Do you all remember the final? Obviously. I remember the final. Actually, do, do, no, I do. Yeah, of course I remember the final. A total guess. Wow. <laughs> okay, question number three. What? Wait, 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 wait. Who did... Her? Okay, fine. Go on. Question number three. What percentage stake did CVC buy in Ooh. Premier Rugby Limited oh, it's a embarrassing if I get this wrong in December 2018 okay or there, it was announced by CVC in December 2018 shortly thereafter and so I've I've clarified because there was some speculation at the time so I found an article where Nick Clary who's a managing partner of CVC confirmed the percentage stake they bought question number four I'm not going to do very well at this one you should get a couple of points of it on this. So there's three points available. Question number four. Who started in the back three, the two wing positions and fullback, for Harlequins when they won the Premiership final in 2012? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, ooh, I have no idea. Oh. Oh. I think that's the easiest question of the, the whole thing. Okay. Mm, I've got definitely got two. I got two of them. Question number five. What team mm-hmm. are George Chris and Hadley Parks playing for in Japan? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Slightly tougher. Uh, Do we get a mark for the brand? <laughs> no. <I'll> keep... <laughs> I just made something up. <laughs> Okay. If, yeah. No, I need the I need the full T. If 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 you get it slightly wrong, I won't be too pedantic. But um, the Hayabusa Eagle Jets. Exactly. Um, final question. Mm-hmm. And so there is there's negative marking in this final question. Uh oh. So there are nine points available in the first five questions with the the th- couple of threes, and on the final one, I want you to tell me. How heavy Sam Simmons is in kilos, Jesus. according to his official Lions profile. Okay. And then you get... If you get it right, you get one point. If you get it wrong, you get <laughs> minus one point for every kilo that you are out wow. of the correct answer. Okay. So... Hey. Oh, God. I, I, I'm really struggling with this. Okay. Okay, let me just do that little formula. Ah, this CVC one's bugging okay. me. Really bugging me. Right, first question. Um, who captained, which was the World Cup winning lock, who captained uh, Ulster? Tim? It was. Uh, have you got it written down? It was yeah. the South African 2007 World Cup winner, Johan Muller. Yeah, correct, Johan Muller. One point each. Question number two. Which teams did New Zealand beat in the knockout stages of 2015? Well, the final was... Australia. Yep. JB. Then, semi-final was... I seem to remember France going down hard. I've written down France. France, yeah. So, the last one. Wales obviously beat England. Mm. Oh, they were in a group of Australia. So, they'd have gone to the other side of the draw. 
But the question is, did they lose to France? Oh, sorry, did they lose to New Zealand? Oh, I have no idea. I'm going to say they did. So you've got Wales. Oh, Who've you no. got? On I Wales? couldn't remember. I just guessed Ireland because I knew they always lose in quarterfinals. So I thought there you go. There's one in four. <laughs> one in four shot. <laughs> so you're both wrong. It was South Africa. Damn in it! Semi final. Ah. Um, South Africa after losing to Japan only lost by two points to the All Blacks in the semi final. Really? Eighteen twenty. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, so we both get two. Both get two. So you're both on three in total. Okay. Question number three: What percentage stake did CVC buy in PRL? I kn- in my mind, it's always a third, but it's not a third. I think it's like twenty-seven percent or twenty-eight percent. Oh, I think you're right. I, I so guess. What have you got? I wrote thirteen percent. Thirteen and twenty-seven. Jim. I think that's, that sounds right. Twenty-seven is correct. Yes. yes. As soon as you said it, I went yes. That's it. The thirteen. The, I think it was fourteen and a half that they bought in the Six Nations. Right. Okay. I think it's something, but yeah, the thirteen was broadly right for the Six Nations, whereas uh, yeah, Pro fourteen and Premier were both about twenty-seven. JB's in the lead. So the back three for Quins in the t- in twenty twelve. I've, I've got written down. You can see. So JB, you say them. So Brown, yeah. Hugo, yeah. The last one is difficult. I call me Saki. Two out of three. Tim, do you want to? I've written, Fill in the details. As you can see, Phil, I've written yep. Hugo Monnier, Mike Brown, and Tom Williams. Oh, well done. Correct. Well well done. evil, even. Six all. So, what team did George Cruz and Hadley Parks play for in Japan? Green Rockets. I've written Toyota Blitz Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> zero and zero. They play for the Panasonic Wild Knights. Oh, right, of there course. You Don't even know if Green Rockets are a team. And so it's all down to Sam Simmons. It is, and the negative marking as well. So you're both on six, so you can be afford afford <laughs> to be five kilos out and still have a positive score. One oh four for me. One oh four. I've got a feeling it's ninety eight though. I've written ninety seven kg. He's going to be nine, he's going to be ninety eight, isn't he? I know he is. So I can tell you, I can tell you. On, let me be- just put this little formula in to link to that. So. In my mind, he's 98, but I've just inflated it a bit. Because there's no way you put... Because Exeter have got... Um, what's his name? Henry Slade at six six foot four. So this is a British and Irish Lions. Oh, so no. I can tell you on his Exeter profile, he is 103 oh. kgs. I can also tell you that Tim finishes on minus one point. Oh, no. Oh, no. So Tim with 97... That was, means he, that was, means seven, either, was seven kg out. Oh, well, so he's, he's either not, 104 or 90 or or 90. <laughs> he can't be 90 kgs. He can't so, be 90 kgs. So I can tell you that the winner of this week's quiz is Tim Cocker. What? what? Sam what? Simmons, 90 JB, kg. JB, JB gets minus eight, finishes on <laughs> minus eight points with minus 14 for question number six because here is sam simmons british what? and irish british and irish lions profile that is cr- there he is age 26 england seven caps club exes chiefs uh weight 90 kg right right i am in exeter on friday i'm playing the ben moon testimonial i'm gonna personally weigh sam simmons you think i'm joking i'm gonna get a scale and i'll weigh him take one of those big like fish scales you take for big massive carp lie him down in it 
pick yeah, him look, up. Look, 104. <laughs> that is nonsense. 90 kg. 90 kg. That's so. Congratulations, that's like, Tim. That's that's like 13 stone 12 yeah. or something, isn't it? Enjoy it, Tim. Hot with victory. <laughs> He's never 90 kg. So that's like two stone less than his actual weight. <laughs> his, list, his extra listed weight, Did yeah. they weigh them after like a team building exercise where they, they weren't allowed to in the drink, jungle. drink any water <laughs> in the jungle for seven days? <laughs> <laughs> that's a travesty, that. Uh, no, he meant you want him, so well, congratulations. Yeah, no, great, I loved it, brilliant. Yeah, he is definitely 90 yeah. kg. Whatever. Wow. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> did not see that coming. Did you? Only, how did you only just spot that? <laughs> it was. I was looking up for one of the quizzes. I was trying to to um, one of the quizzes for this quiz. I was trying to do whose official weight is heavier of Ardi Shavea, Sam Simmons, and Michael Hooper, but um, neither Waratahs or um, Rugby Australia seem to have a profile for Michael Hooper that gives his weight. Um, and I was looking at their. Aiming for their England or their international profiles, Sam Simmons doesn't currently have an England profile because he's not been part of a squad for so long. So I went to his British and Irish lines. I was like, ignore the Ardi Surveyor Michael Hooper thing. That's the the real story. That's the real focal point of the quiz. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm trying to build a quiz at the moment, and I don't know how it's going to go. It's not for. Um, <laughs> I, 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 quite, I quite like this as a concept, but it's quite hard hard, hard to pull off, right? Um, I, I've tried to run it on a WhatsApp group of ours, but there weren't enough players. But the idea is, um, places I think sound like places, but are actually something completely different. So do you know what these places are? So I don't know how I'm going to question it, uh, how I'm going to phrase the question, like, what have these locations, what have these things got in, got in common? But Africa, Bombita. Okay. Bronx. Black Moon. Chebrock. City Morgue. <laughs> <laughs> French Montana, Meek Hill, Quadeca, Sleepy Hollow, Young Haiti. Me, like Meek Hill is a rapper. French Montana. Or is he an actor or is something? A rapper. Oh, so it's like rapper or American town, is that? Basically, yeah. Basically, a real place or a rapper. And uh. obviously Bronx is both. I love French Montana. French <laughs> Montana sounds like it's... Just outside of, I don't know, New Zealand somewhere, like... Uh, <laughs> like New Caledonia. Exactly, exactly. Where, where do you grow up? Oh, French Montana. <laughs> what were some of the other ones again? Chebrock. Chebrock. Famous for its salmon fishing. <laughs> uh, 
City Morgue. <laughs> City Morgue. <laughs> he's a rapper. Yep, these are all rappers, so I wonder nice. what space. I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do with them yet. Uh, I'm going to fas- fashion them into a quiz. Rap or map? Rap nice. or map. Love I that. like it. But hang on. No, but looking up rappers with names that sound like places is easy. Finding places that should sound like rappers... That might, might be slightly more difficult. Any City Morgue. I mean... Village Cemetery? <laughs> Yeah, there could be a few, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Gun range. There you go. At JB Moore on Twitter. Let him know if, if there's any places that sound like they could legitimately be rappers. Let him know. Um, okay. Good. Great quiz. And by the way, we, uh, as I mentioned, we have had some fantastic quizzes emailed to contactheadchasers at gmail dot com. They w- we will get to those on uh, on the upcoming podcast. I haven't forgotten about you. Uh, the people that have sent them through some really good ones. So don't yeah, don't you two peek at those. I'll be. I will not. I'll Roger be, that. I'll be quizmaster on those. Um, a team. Yes. In seventh place in the Premiership last year was Bath. Bath. Every Bath, Bath, single Bath. team so far, I have been. I would say rel- relatively kind on. <laughs> you guys can start with Bath. <laughs> So we'll just, we'll just, the ins and outs. Yeah, we'll just do some some facts. So they've brought in very few people. They brought brought in a South African prop from Ealing, um, and a Scottish prop from Glasgow, and then a few academy boys. They've let go of the most noticeable. Uh, not didn't let him go, but Zach Mercer mm-hmm. left. Uh, they've lost a couple couple of props in Jamie Batty and Christian Judge Chudders has gone to Worcester, Priestland has gone back to Wales, Elliot Stook, we mentioned before, gone to Wasps. <coughs> Jack Walker has gone to Quinns, yep. who Jack Walker's always highly rated, but never enormously shown it. Mm. Um, and Henry Thomas has gone to Montpellier. Um, so they've Look lost, they've, they've definitely lost more players than have come in. They've also, they've got David Williams, um, former Bath coach, former London Irish coach who's been coaching in South Africa. He's a South African, but coaching in South Africa and Japan mm-hmm. for the last few years. He was at Bath between about 12 and 14, 11 and 14, something like that. Um, has come back in to work, obviously, alongside Neil Hatley, who was formerly Bath in roughly the same period, um, former coach. Um, they have kept, other than Zach Mercer, um, they've kept a lot of the... Uh, very talented but expensive and often unavailable players. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also brought in, who's not on that list, but obviously um, came in last season but didn't, didn't play last season, Danny Cipriani, to be the key man, the cornerstone of, well, everything, because that's how Cipriani plays. It's the only way he can possibly play. Yeah. Um, which, for me, feels like a bit of a gamble. Yeah, a lot of the money that they've got tied up uh, in guys like, as you talked about earlier, Anthony Watson and Jonathan Joseph and Cam Redpath that you talked about. Tulipe Falatao. Tulipe Falatao, Joe Thocken, a singer, McConaughey and Muir and all, all these very talented guys. Their backline un- undoubtedly is potentially exceptional that we just didn't see any of it, did we? Well, we did. They were rubbish. I mean, we, we, <laughs> we did see it. We, we really did. And... Yeah, you know, there are lots of reasons for them being rubbish, but as a team, they are practically useless. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, relative to the 
Yeah, I mean, they'd be good at level eight. Relative to the squad, <laughs> relative to the squad they have, you mean? Yeah. Because they finished seventh. Finished seventh, won ten, 10 from 22. So I just don't think that's reason, a reasonable return. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, because the context is the, the players that they have. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. So they don't get the best out of the players. Now, having said that, the list of names that you've read off who are leaving... I don't see that as a downside. I actually think it's really positive for Bath to be promoting academy players into that squad because there is a breadth of knowledge, uh, there's breadth of experience. I think that is exactly the sort of squad where you can bring academy lads into and for them to be pretty good. In fact, it's exactly, exactly the sort of squad. A lot of their their star guys, big money guys, have been around and done it. They they are experienced guys and and should provide leadership. So guys like... Falatau and Underhill and Yules, Cipriani, Ben Spencer played in the World Cup final, Jonathan Joseph, Matavesi, um, less of Redpath because he's, he's so young, but Anthony Watson, uh, McConaughey, Rocco Daguni's still there, he's been in and about England squad, so you've got a lot of guys who are in the right kind of yeah. age profile and experience profile. One of the strange things about Bath, though, is even though I've just said semi-nice things about their playing squad almost always the people that show up and perform for them are not their big money signings they're people like Josh Bayless they're people like uh, Reed. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't put Cam Redpath in as a big money signing although I guess it's, he kind of is he's a big name he's not a big money guy um those uh, Tom Dunn is another one who performs really, really well for them. So three of those guys have come from from the academy, and the fourth has been pinched from someone else's academy. By contrast to Wasps, they seem they always seem to have endless numbers of players. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Almost to a detriment, you wonder sometimes because you get you get decent players who don't get a lot of game time. Yeah. And well, Jack Walker is a, a prime example. Jack, yeah, Jack Walker is a great example, and also they have a lot of players that seem to just. Emerge and do really well. Will Muir, McConaughey, uh, are two which we mentioned uh, um, earlier on. I tell you another one that I really like. There is Max. Is it Max Clark? Uh, so there's there is Max Clark and Max Wright. They're two centres. Max, yeah, Clark, Max Clark is longer is. hair. And you got uh, De Glanville. De Glanville's very good. As is a Jomo. A Jomo is Jomo. magic. Max Absolutely magic. It just feels great having those two names yeah. in bath shirts as well. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So and again, more guys who've come up. You know, from youth team or whatever you want to call them, academy, and and they're making a name for themselves. I don't know. The weird thing about Bath is that even though I think they are not very good, and I also think their director of rugby is out of his depth and he should should have gone elsewhere before taking the top job at Bath. Despite all of that and them losing so many games, they when you I've never heard a Bath player say anything bad about Bath. Never. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying on the record, I'm not saying in the media, just when you talk to them, they never say anything bad about their situation. Now, you can usually get some tidbits out of players, like maybe they're not happy about this or not happy about that. But in Bath, they they seem to be all absolutely committed to the cause. It's very strange, because from an outsider's point of view, I think it's an absolute car crash, but I, you can't really make heads or tails of what it's all. Uh, you mentioned that Sippers is a risk. Uh, it, it, that That is... Going to the casino and putting all your chips on red or black, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it is. It, it could you could get the absolute best from Sippers. Now the Sippers and that would be yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> the Sippers, I'd thing love to see it. Is fascinating. Okay, because when you listen to Stuart Hooper talk, 
you basically have a handbook of platitudes, uh, you know, like a bingo machine uh, full of um, chi- Chinese fortune cookies. I mean, it's that's how he talks. So honestly, it's so funny you said that because. So I, I've watched Bath Rugby have put out a few videos recently of their kind of pre-season, and there's one where the, the focus was more on David Williams, the new, yeah. or the um, returning attack and backs coach, and one was with Neil Hatley, and they said a lot of they said a lot of positive words that didn't really mean anything. <laughs> they yeah. just talked like just vague but generic platitudes about how kind of every team wants to play the game. What? I didn't learn anything about what they are going to bring or do well, differently. So I, I blame this on Stuart Hooper. I know this sounds, it sounds ridiculously harsh, right? But when you've got a guy who behaves like Stuart Hooper, or no, not behaves like him, that's not a negative, but when the head man behaves in a certain way, you would expect the players around them and the staff around them, in order to progress, need to kind of ape his behaviour. So, Sale Sharks under Steve Diamond liked hard men because Steve Diamond's a hard man. You know, they're like uh, really aggressive physical players because that's how he liked to play, play, play his rugby. Well, when you've got Hooper in, in charge, actually, that is kind of how he liked to play his rugby, but now he's moved into management, he likes to talk in management speak, and that is why you get these airy, empty phrases over and over again. Like, yeah, we just want to knuckle down and really work hard and working hard for the boys and the boys working hard. and Take our learnings. Yeah, take our learnings for, <laughs> learnings for the boys and working hard for the boys and the boys. Right? So it just goes on and on on and on and I, I i think it all comes from the top because if you threw steve diamond in there for instance or uh richard cockrell i bet they'd stop talking like that tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow um yeah so the sippers thing with all that chat going on you know we we just want good people and we're gonna build you know they're gonna, there is an element of that which is genuine and you can see this because we just listed off loads of academy lads it's really quite quite genuine but then they throw it all out of the window by bringing Sippers in. Well, or potentially, but now Sippers has found uh, what are those people again that helped? Um... Mental Mind. What are they called? <laughs> the um, Saviour World. Saviour World. Uh, now Sippers has found Saviour World. Um, maybe he'll be on board with all that. Well, he's a complex character, to put it mildly. I mean, I can imagine, based on some of the like uh, Instagram stuff, I can imagine Sippers in his house has probably got a picture of a... Uh, of a jetty going out into a still lake with a, with a motivational quote under it. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I can't see that these things work. I mean, if you're wired in a certain way, you're wired in a certain way. And, you know, if you're trying yoga, but if you're but you're deeply angry inside about how rubbish your team are playing, eventually it's going to erupt out into the open. I, I can't see Save World or anyone else for that matter changing what Danny Cipriani is, which is a mercurial talent on well, his day. He actually does have the quality of player outside him where he's not going to get frustrated that people can't do the things that he can do because so a lot of them can. But, like, Gloucester would equally as good. Like, I don't see that... I mean, I don't see where they get a Mark Atkinson from or a back three with that sort of dynamite. In, well, maybe... I mean, I just don't think they're that much better or worse. Redpath, Joseph, Watson... The Glanville, yeah. It's now, yeah, it's true. And one of the things I was wrong wrong about on Cipriani was he would stifle the creativity of some of the other players. It, that is not true. He brings people into games. Now he brings them into games in a very specified way, uh, a way that you can target. And I think one of the problems with Gloucester under Cipriani 
you could watch them and you know exactly what they're going to do. And Mark Anderson's going to come to first, going to come to first receiver, um, or they're going to run some sort of pattern. Or worse, worst of all, is when you see that pod of three forwards plodding up. Like it sort of saps away the, the well, forward that, running but game. That is exactly how Bath played. But then when they got the ball to Reese Priestland, he wasn't able to unlock the gaps yeah, that existed outside. Because Reese Priestland is terrified of the gain line. Like, absolutely petrified. So that will be a massive improvement. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know how this all pans out. I know how I hope it pans out. But, um, <laughs> Put a number on it. Anywhere between first and eighth. <laughs> I t- Fifth. See, I'm I'm thinking lower. I'm I'm thinking they will struggle. I've got more hope that Wasp will make top six than Bath. <laughs> I wish I had your confidence. Um, I I can't get over Danny Cipriani. We. I think they're going to be fickle. That's what I think. That think think they're going to be. I think they're going to buckle really, really early doors. And it's. If who they do we know what the fixtures are? Who have they got f- f- first up? Uh, they will be available. Hopefully, look. Bristol again. Bath Bristol first. Bath first Bristol weekend. be ace. Bath Exeter would be ace. Bath uh, Bath getting a pounding by Exeter pretty much ends mm. their season. So, f- first game, go on. Nice easy one. They travel up to the AJ Bell. Oh, do they? They do. Oh, Sale will give them a good pasting. And then they host uh, Falcons at home. Yeah, so the Falcons for me was the was the killer of their season last year. Yeah, I, I, that was at um, was it at the wreck or was it up there? Is it the wreck? Yeah, they score an incredible try. I think, oh my god, these guys are world beaters. And then Gary Graham and Co. just continually grind, grind, grind. It, yeah. grind. And it wasn't even particularly close in the end. They had no, they had no fire. They had no, they just had nothing. Uh, I that said, when they came up to the AJ Bell, they were superb. But I'm pretty sure that Sale will put them to put, put, put them mm. to sword. Th- third week they play Bristol away, and then fourth week I was just looking for them. I was like, they're not on the fourth week. Of course, every team has a bye, a bye week. week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they host Saracens. Interesting. Yeah. I was told so their first I, four games. Yeah. I was told told by Bath that my questioning towards Stuart, Stuart Hooper was too aggressive. And <laughs> um, <laughs> if I ask him questions again like that, I might not be able to go to uh, presses effectively. So, yes. Uh, what were you asking him? I asked him if he thought that his job was under uh, pressure now that he'd lost more than he'd won. I don't think that's an unreasonable question. Uh, mm. So, there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm somewhere between 8th eighth and eighth and 1st. I can see them having a storming season. I can also see them being terrible. That's why I'm hedging bets and going 5th. But I could, I could, I, I'm with Phil. I could see them being 8th. What is yeah. a successful season for them, realistically? Top 4. Top four. That's what they'll be targeting. Top two? Top four. I think they'd be happy with top four. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what they took. Because you've got to look... You don't... Rome wasn't built in a day. They finished seventh last year. Yeah, and it's not like Glo- a Gloucester seventh. And what I mean by that is Gloucester lost a, a lot of games very narrowly. You know, when they lost, they really imploded. Uh, so... When we talked about Wasps, we didn't mention Doggers, by the way. Oh, no, we didn't. Another player who was injured a lot. Yeah. yeah. Fekito and Doggers, they could have the most explosive <laughs> centre pairing in the league. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But, uh, Bath, uh, yeah, no, actually, do you know what? I, I, uh, no, I, Lower I, than Exeter. I, Lower than Bristol. I think they could end up where they are roughly where they are now. Yeah, I, I think 
I think they might. Because oh, didn't so Leicester are going to be getting better. Leicester are going to be ace. Leicester are going to be better, definitely. Be and that's who definitely. we're talking about. The third of yeah. the. Uh, Hang on, just to uh, yeah. round off Bath. Worse than Saracens. No, below Saracens, below Exeter. Yeah. Below Bristol. Bristol. Below, below Sale. Sale. Yeah. Below Quinns. Maybe. Maybe. Rob, I I think they will be. I think Irish finish ahead of them. Irish ahead of Bath. Yeah. Uh, I'm so I, I've gotten seventh. I think eighth, but I also wonder if Irish will finish below eighth. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Let's let's talk about Leicester then. Leicester and their new captain announced this week. Yes, who is their captain? Ernest Genge. Genji. Wow, that's a statement of intent. It is, and it, it's not really what you would expect as a Borthwick move. It's quite quite different. Yeah. But it, it's I like it. Who would I think Borthwick would have picked? A second row. Um <laughs> a, t- a tall second row who t- loves talking line outs. Yeah. George Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Now when I watch Stuart Hooper talk, I, I see a sort of a falseness. Or someone try someone impersonating a DOR. Doing a DOR impression, right? When I listen to Borthwick talk, I am 100% sold. Like outside of maybe Sanderson and Baxter, actually, outside of Baxter, I think that um, Borthwick is the real deal. I he, really do. And he, Mark McCall. I can tell you, having stood, I've not to him. having stood opposite him, I can tell you Borthwick does his homework so he controls his narrative 100%. What do you mean? I can tell that he he has messages that he wants to get out to the world. Yeah. Ah. So he, he, I don't think he cares much for the media. He cares much for it all. But when he does it, he wants... It's like he's gone... Very much, actually, when you think about, like, Stuart Hooper is, a, is an incredibly... Uh, has incredible business acumen, apparently, and was a and was thinking about getting into executive coaching, that type of thing. <laughs> God, no. <laughs> anyway, point being... Steve Borthwick actually, probably without thinking about it, does that because he's he's going, right, well, I've got to do this media thing. I probably wouldn't choose to do it if I didn't have to, but since I'm doing it, I'm going to make sure the points that I want to get out and the story that I want to tell is what's going to come out because whatever questions you ask him, he will get it back to two, maybe three points. And everything in any interview he does comes back to the two or three points that he wants to say. So I, people who I talk to say they find him quite boring um i find him utterly compelling because i guess i don't i don't really want the headline as such i want to know about the rugby and he tells you about the rugby which i love he you know he breaks it down into real simplistic ways um steve diamond used to do this thing right where he would used to Say to the press, oh, we, we play really expansive rugby because we need to, because we're in a football area, and if we need to, to attract people. And that was his message, like, we are playing attractive rugby. Steve Borthwick says something completely different. He says, you know, this is what we concentrate on. Um, Defence, set-piece, uh, and breakdown. Like, that is almost, it's almost the recipe for anti-rugby in a lot of ways. But he'll tell you why he does it. He tells you basically everything you want from a rugby perspective. And I love that. I absolutely well, love it. When he comes to uh, to chat to the, the media, say a pre-game chat, he knows exactly how many of his squad are under 23, for example, how many of them are internationals, 
he, he knows all of that and, and just reels it off. Yeah. And he's quite impressive from that point of view. Like I say, he will not give you headlines. He will not give you the little 15-second soundbite that's going to go viral on Twitter because he, he's not going to let that happen. Yeah, I, I'm really quite sold on Steve Borthwick as a, head, uh, a director of rugby. And on top of that, considering he's never played for Leicester, he feels very Leicester-y. Mm. It's he, like, he's uh, of the mould. You have to keep reminding yourself that he's not a Leicester lad. <laughs> so Leicester Tigers ins and outs. Uh, it's certainly smaller than it's been for the last four or five years. Yep. Um, fewer players out and in. Of those going out, non, no huge losses. Lavanini, maybe the biggest name. Um, Zach Henry and Johnny McPhillips, kind of the backup mm-hmm. tens, have both gone. Um a few, few other guys, but no one really worthy of note. Um, coming in, so not enormous numbers. Um, Marco van Staden, who yep. played for South Africa very recently. They love this guy. Lions, they should do. Comes in, who's big, strong boy, plays plays back row. Does he remind you a little seven. bit of Sean O'Brien? little bit, actually, yeah, in, his, that, yeah. in his stature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because he's, he's a big, strong boy, but slightly lower centre of gravity, wide, wide hips. Yeah. Now, people have been asking me, um, who is the Leicester back row that we keep on referring to them signing? It was Van Staden. So Van Staden. That's, that's the one. Yeah. Um, Freddie Burns yep. obviously comes back, losing a couple of fly-halves. Burns, he comes, comes back in. Um, Cicino, Juan Pablo Cicino comes Good. in as an option, a very solid option. In the centre again, it sounds like a little bit of a retread of what they did with Matt Scott there. Uh, in what way? Well, they're both, in my mind, very powerful inside centres with good range of skills. They're a, they're far be, in my mind, they're far better than average, but they can't seem to nail down a club. Uh, he's he's yeah. a backup. He's a backup as he was for Saracens. Yeah, and I do. I know what you mean. He is. I think he will be. He's a backup, but yeah. he, he's a good player. He's a bloody good backup to yeah. have in. Um, they've gotten Bryce Hegarty, who's most recently Queensland Reds, who is a 10-slash-fullback, who will cover those positions. Um, and then they've promoted a load of lads from the academy, including obvious guys that played a lot last year, like Dan Kelly, George Martin, yeah. Jack Van Portfleet and Freddie Stewart, who've <laughs> all come up. So that, that's, And Harry Potter? That's some talent. Was Harry is Harry Potter? He's an Aussie, isn't he? No, Harry Potter's from the academy. I thought he was an Aussie. Oh, maybe he is, and maybe I've got the horribly wrong. Oh, I'm maybe. sure he came from the academy. Uh, so he was born in Wimbledon, but he was playing his rugby in New South Wales and Melbourne. Oh, so he came from Melbourne Rebels. How old is he? Uh, he went to Sydney University. I bet he's like twenty-eight or something. He's Twenty-three. Okay, fine. But so, I think Leicester are going to have. Uh, I think they could sneak top four because. George Ford will play more, many more games more than he games. has done. Yes, yeah. George Ford, and that's massive. Now let's just talk about. There's one signing you've you've, you've missed out. Uh, so they, this week signed Gareth Evans, um, former Gloucester, short term, a short term deal. Okay, yes. Another signing that I missed is Hosea Salmaki. He's a Who Tongan is, outside back. Well, Japan Tongan outside back. So allegedly, with this fella. He had a choice between Tonga and Japan, and he chose Tonga because he can get a work permit. Hooray! Yes. He's awesome. He's one of, meant to be one of the best trainers 
uh, of, uh, well, who recommended him? Someone who's already there has recommended him and says the man is a beast. He just trains all day long. Good. Fancy rugby draft noted. So, Damn it. Yeah. So he is 6'3", uh, 106kgs. Um, Leicester played a warm-up game against um, Jersey, over in Jersey, in front of 1,700 people this this weekend, yeah. which looked pretty awesome, although it was, a, from the scoreline, pretty dull affair. He only ran in one of the tries, but... He looked pretty impressive gliding down the wing. Have a look Stomping at some of his highlights. Him and Dodo, that's a couple of big old boys. Yeah. Well, they, they can field, they can field like, um, like half a dozen back three players who are um, over 100 kg. Because you've got um, Jacobus Van Vyck, you've got Murray Murivalu, yeah. you've got Freddie Stewart, who is over 105 six kg five, because he's 6 foot kg, 5. Yeah. yeah. They've got some enormous guys, but they've also got pretty impressive skill sets as well okay you've still missed a signing okay kevin um, sinfield sinfield so he's yeah, meant to be the straw that stirs the drink so to speak he's going to be adding the magic rugby league touch to the attack uh don't know if he is or not but this is the this is the idea much in the same way that sale lean heavily upon paul deacon and done for years uh, which uh, is why Gleason going to England. Yeah, this is why Cipriani plays the way he does because uh, Deacon taught him everything. Um, you know, there's there's loads of examples of rugby league attacks um, doing good stuff in rugby union. And and in terms of mentality, and we've been fortunate enough to spend some time with Kevin Sinfield on on, yeah. a, on mm. a Canterbury day back in the day. And in terms of mentality, the strength of character of Steve Borthwick and and Kevin Sinfield together. Is pretty formidable, isn't it? <laughs> Absolute integrity across the board there. <laughs> and, and intensity. Now, I'm not saying the man he replaced did not have, in, um, uh, have integrity, but this is where I was going to go next with George Ford. My th- theory, my conspiracy theory was, I wonder how happy George Ford actually is. Because, of course, Ford Senior was let go. Mm. Uh, and we know what happened in the past when you know a similar thing has has occurred uh, on Sinfield I'm pretty sure that Ford and Sinfield are literally neighbours in Saddleworth somewhere yeah I, yeah because they're, they're both olden boys aren't they yeah I'm sure they drink in the same pub in Saddleworth <laughs> like, like literally I'm sure I'm, I'm sure of it uh, so that that might be awkward uh, but yeah I think it's a good signing I don't he's very like Mike Ford did an apprenticeship basically in rugby union to make sure he was ready for when he got a big job no such thing with Kevin Sinfield. He did play a he bit. Did. Yes, you're he right. Played, he played at the end of his career. For he's... six months at Fly Half for Leeds Carnegie. Correct. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Which yeah, will okay. accelerate his knowledge because, obviously, coaching gigs, if you're at the top end of rugby union, are far more lucrative than coaching gigs in rugby league. Yeah. Well, I think, he'll, I, you know, regardless, I think, I think he's going to be good. So, Leicester Tigers... I think they. I think they. I think is they along with last year's top four are in the hunt for top four plus Saracens plus Saracens. So yeah. So the, there's there's your top six. Six in the yeah. That's I my can top see six. making top four. I really can. Although yeah. you know, my criticism of them is maybe they just don't quite have enough in the pack yet. They have signed a second row. Did you mention the second row that they've got? Uh, Snyman. Yes, could well be. Ellie Snyman from who came in from Benetton. Hmm, maybe not then. I thought this guy came from either Bulls or Sharks. Uh, he has also played for the Bulls. Yeah, it'll be him then. Apparently, he is phenomenal in in the lineup. 
phenomenal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll leave. I'll, I'll leave it there. Uh, but yeah, I, maybe they just don't have enough grunt up front still. That would be my thought. Mm, maybe the front row. Maybe because you still got the two old war horses in Tom Youngs and Dan Coles. Yeah, that can't last forever, can it? It can't. Yeah, that. And you might have said it stopped lasting about two years ago. Yeah, maybe that feels a bit light, but everywhere else across the team, you'd say they've, Look, they've got competition. They're, they're massive and hard. Yeah, <laughs> Did you know that made me laugh. When Phil was listing the size of the back three. Now, when we first started doing the podcast, maybe, oh, so let's say... Eight years. Seven, eight, yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, so I'm going to say six years ago, right? I got a, I, I got a tip to pick up... Oh, actually, no, first season of Fantasy Rugby Draft. Pick yep. up Dom Barrow was <laughs> was a tip. And the reason w- w- was, apparently, under Major, they wanted to put the two second rows in their formation out wide when they got into the... Five meet into the opposition five. I was gonna say enemy five meter. The the, <laughs> the opposition five meter for crossfield kicks and also crossfield kicks from penalties, uh, so they could jump up in the air and catch it. Yeah, came to nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you going to go with your gut instinct on fancy rugby draft this year, or uh, are you going to? I, I have on a, tip-offs? a foolproof strategy as normal. Don't need to worry about my fancy rugby draft. It'll be tight. You thirteen sale players. You had AJ McGinty available on your first pick, and you and you I swerved it. him. I bottled it, and I picked him up on round five. What did he end up with in the end? Oh, massive points! He was one of the top so, point scorers, wasn't he? An actual real life hero. Yeah, <laughs> really is. So right. yeah, we all convinced that Leicester will definitely make top six. Definitely, definitely top, six, top six, pushing top four. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, I, I think if you want to know where Leicester are at. We're going to see a better version of Leicester than the team that nearly beat Bristol, and we know how good. Bri- bit of Dean Dean um, Dean, Dean Ryan, Ryan logic, logic here, but I think we're going to see a Leicester team which can deal with teams like Bristol. The only caveat I would have is if Eddie Jones, if George Ford earns the right to continue wearing the England ten shirt, or Eddie Jones carries on being belligerent. Mm. To, to a greater or lesser degree, which I think is quite an unfair thing for me to say because George Ford is outstanding. Yeah, I, I love him. He's a he's a quality operator. It, the question is Marcus years. Smith. The question is it? Marcus Smith. If Marcus Smith continues and, and, and makes himself undroppable, uh, or must you, someone you must which, select. Yeah, which I think Marcus Smith is not far off that yeah. at the moment. He he was that good towards mm. the end of last season. So assuming that is the case, and George Ford plays lots, if George Ford misses a big big chunks of the season, then I think some of those wins could become losses. He's that he's that important to them. Yeah, George Ford is massive, isn't he? Massive, yeah. and what you know, the fly, like the scrum half options they have are pretty pretty cool. They've got the out and out starter. They've got a mixture of Wigglesworth or Van Portfleet, depending on which one that they need. Van or, or, will, or British Irish Lion Ben Youngs. Yeah, oh yes, their starter. Mm. Yeah, so I think he'll probably start. I don't, yeah, they've just got options. They've got options in a lot of a lot of places. One player who's come in who I didn't mention. Was uh, England under twenties? Um, I think fly half slash twelve. I think he is Dan Lancaster. Oh, son yeah. of Stuart. Where's he come from? Leeds. Yeah, I think he was at Yorkshire County or whatever they're yeah. they're called. What? Son of Stu. Wow! Imagine that. Imagine that. I, I bet he trains well. Very good. Tra- <laughs> very professional. I, I imagine he's maybe a talented kid. Like, yeah, gen- I've genuinely. Heard this. I've yeah. Heard this. 
But then you would be, wouldn't you, if your dad was the England manager and you've been steeped in rugby tradition your entire life and probably went to an outstanding private school with outstanding coaching. I you, bet Stuart Lancaster is an amazing dad. He does seem like a, like, like a good dad, I've, I've got to say. Uh, right, so where did Leicester finish last season? They were sixth. They were sixth. So we're into the top five. Next week we'll do, we will do... New three. Five, four, three. And then we're going to do one and one. Then we'll do one and two. Two and one. Yes, but two and one from the final rather than the Extra league table. And Extra Hollywood. and Quinns will be the last yes. two. Correct. Yeah. Because I said what, Quinns have got a press conference this week. Ooh. To interview Tobias Matson. So I think that's on Zoom. I'm very much looking forward to that. Did you see, final final thing to finish the pod, did you see the quote that came from uh, Gustav this week? No, no. I Do you know what I did see? My phone kept on flashing up, Gustav finally breaks the silence. I thought, I don't really care. Yeah, it, it was one of those where I think probably more has been made of it than... Uh, well, uh, it should have been just to back that up. Reading the rugby paper this week, I, I think it's a great publication. You should support it; it's great. But I, I read that and went, I, I, I want to ditch my subscription for this because right, what did it say? Um, it was it was awful. So so clearly, rugby writers are struggling to find stories. So I could understand if the tiny little line from Gustard was whipped into wait, wait, something wait. more. Did the rugby did the rugby writers start by talking? for a good five minutes about Whitney Bay, because if they didn't, that's why they're struggling for content. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The quote, I, I can't find, just very quickly looked, but he basically gave his opinion on Quinn's winning the league, and the one line that caused the stir was, he said, I'm delighted for most of the players. Oh, which come is, on. Which is a bit like, like why, did, why did he need to say most of the players? And it is, it's probably just... Well, there's, he doesn't know bit, some of them. There's a bit of clickbait. You'd be delighted anyone who wins the league. Yeah. But it, it's, so he's been probably turned into more than it is, but it does seem a bit... Uh, I'm delighted for most of the players. That is quite funny. It is quite funny, yeah. I'm sure he didn't mean it to sound as it does sound. This is why some people legitimately hate, um, hate the press. And to be fair, I can see this from both sides. What do you mean, most of the players? <laughs> like, which ones? I mean, I, 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 Tell us specifically which ones you didn't, yeah, I mean, you're not delighted for. Was there not a follow up question to that? Uh, not from the, the brief transcript that I've seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can actually see, in fairness to Ruby Playboy, I can see why I'd, re- I'd report that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the players. What, what Equally, we complain when uh, we complain that, uh, uh, that people give platitudes and cliches and stuff, and he, if he's been completely honest there. Well, that's yeah. That's interesting. He's only given half a story, uh, uh, hasn't he? Yeah. He's not saying which ones. Well, more yeah. full. Whoever was asking the question, not for not going. Tell us more. Yeah, yeah. Who were who weren't you happy for? <laughs> yeah, or, or, or just to throw a comment. Like, yeah, I guess they weren't all your cup of tea, right? Okay. <laughs> well, no, I didn't say that. Well, what did you say? <laughs> oh, Christ, no. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Nearly another strong zero story there. Christ. <laughs> Right. Yeah, well, so it right. wasn't really, he didn't note. really say anything of note. He's at JB Moore on Twitter. We're at Rugby Podcast, uh, and you can email us contactdeckchasers at gmail.com. The only rugby podcast here for you 52 weeks of the year. Where are the other guys? Where, yeah, where, 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 where are they all? I know. 
There's, there's stuff to talk about. What's going on? Uh, but uh, hopefully you appreciate that. If you do, thank you for listening. Hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. Uh, that's one way you can show your appreciation. Another way is by supporting us at patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. We'll see you on the next one. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.